Gentlemen, a series of conversation between men for men to talk about taboo subjects like emotion, behavior, culture, and mental health, just to name a few, in hopes to encourage men to embrace their authentic self and reclaim their emotional being. So join me to bring back the gentle in men. Welcome to another chapter of Gentlemen with a new guest, my brother, Hamad Isa. How are you doing today? I'm good, Hamad. It's good to be here with you. Pleasure to have you, Muhammad. Muhammad, uh, what could I say about Muhammad? Give us a little bit about who Muhammad is. We're recording this in November now, right? So five years ago, I gave my resignation uh, for a position that many people dream of. I was a chief financial officer of an investment bank. Commanding a very decent salary, very good perks, health insurance, life insurance, school fees, and many other things. Prestige. Corner office in the Bahrain Financial Harbor. And I left all of that. And okay. some people think I'm crazy. It's up to them. To think whether I'm crazy or not, it's up to them. So this is what I did five years ago. Today, I can describe myself as an, as an investor, as a board member, as an advisor, as a best-selling author, as an award-winning speaker, and the, list goes the, the first certified ITMI tour director from the USA Not in the sure. Middle East. Not so sure. this is Mohammed. MashaAllah. Yeah, and this is what I love about this guy. He always keeps surprising me yani, with new stuff, uh, keep on developing in himself. And he, this guy knows the value of self-investment. But I know Muhammad is the most risk taker that ever I ever met. Would you love to touch upon that? Yeah, I, I, have, I have a book that I haven't finished yet. It's called Walking on Thin Ice. And it's a... Tr- it's about my travel experiences around the world. But a few nights ago, I was thinking, I have been working on thin ice all my life. I like to take risk. Back in university, I signed up with a multinational company, Unilever, three months before graduating. And I left Bahrain. I went to Dubai, then Jeddah, then Dubai. And I was very young at that time. And people thought, uh, why do that? You can have many opportunities in Bahrain and just join any bank or any big consulting firm and start your life. But I viewed, it, I viewed that as an opportunity just to stretch myself, you know, comfort zone. Just get out from the comfort zone because once you get out, you get extreme rewards. And some people may argue, what if you fail? So what if I fail? Failing is part of life. But I'll tell you, the, re- the biggest reward I got from that experience is when I came back to Bahrain, I joined a startup company as a chief financial officer, and I helped that company to be listed on Bahrain Stock Exchange. And when that listing happened in 2005, I was 26 years old, and I officially became the youngest CFO in the entire GCC for a public listed company. So that's what happens when you take more risk in your life. 
I love that um, you mentioned how you've seen the potential in you. And I kind of love saying that and this, uh, this is something I kind of uh, use as a metaphor for myself. I'm, I feel like I'm a whale in a goldfish bow. That's how I see, I see myself. And this is why I always try to expand, uh, expand and try to see what is it out there for me. Um, when you said that you had a lot of people coming up to you and telling you that you're crazy and all that, why do you think that people always think whatever around you here is better for you? even though they don't see the potential out there. Yeah. I remember having a family fight with people who were older than me, much, much older, and I was 13. And they were all having the same conversation. It was after eight. We just had lunch. And this is the perfect time for, to have a family argument. <laughs> so, so, so they were talking about this matter. All of them, they were singing to the same tune, saying, thank God, we're much better off than many people. And all of them, they, yeah, 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 see, we're, we're good. And I was only 13, the youngest person in that majlis. And I thought, yeah, maybe better off than many people, but there are so many people better than you. And there was silence in the room. <laughs> Were you always a rebel? <laughs> so, so, someone asked me, what do you mean? said, you need to look up. Don't look down. Look up. said, do you know what happens when you look up? And I thought that that was a, a real question. So I said, no. What happens? said, you break your neck. Okay. Look so much up, you break your neck. And I retorted, and when you look down, you break your neck too. <laughs> so, hey, you stop this. And, and there was a big argument, and then uh, someone stepped in and, and made us quiet and just focus on drinking tea and having mat thai. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the problem with many people. Mm -hmm. Most people look... Uh, they put a roof. Yeah, they put a ceiling. They, yeah. they just look around them. Many people tell me you're very successful. I say, yeah, maybe in, on, on a certain standard, maybe in Bahrain or in the Gulf, maybe I'm successful. But I, when I look outside, maybe I'm not. Today, while I was driving home, I was thinking of Elon Musk. Yeah? This gentleman, he divides his time on different projects, and he's successful in all of them. And this defies one important advice you get all the time. Focus. Focus on one thing to be yeah, successful. Yeah. But this guy is not focusing and he's successful. So there are patterns that our society put upon us and you're supposed to accept them. I, I think that's the wrong approach. Do you feel like everyone comes down to the point that whatever worked for the their generation or the generation before that, that's where they always imply that onto the next generation and going forward. I love this question, man. Give me. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is a story from my family. We were having dinner and I told my daughter, Dana, look, you need to start researching scholarships. And she said, what's that? 
Say, was that? Okay, I'll tell you was that. How old is she? She's 13. <laughs> okay. okay. So she said, what's that? I said, look, I'm paying money for you. When I was in school, I wasn't in a government school, in a public school. You and your, your brothers, you are being indulged. You are in private schools. You are being taught English, Arabic, and French. You know, <laughs> we, we didn't think of a French at that time. So what I want you to do is you research the different scholarships that are available within the Bahrain scholarship ecosystem, the scholarships of the Crown Prince, the Ministry of Education, Bobco and Alba and other companies. I said, for what? I said, so that you study at, on their budget, not on my budget. <laughs> and then she said, for what? Yeah. said, for you to get a degree and she said something that I really liked, but you know, as a, as a parent, you, you wouldn't crack a smile at that time. She said, I don't need a degree to make a career. And I thought, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, go for it. But you know, this is just inside me. So as you said, uh, some people live in the past. We need to live in the present and we need to look at the future. But I love that on multiple levels, man. That shows the role model that you are in that household. And I salute you for that. Thank you, man. And um, I'm sorry to say this, but eventually I was expecting an answer. Like, you know, because not because you don't need a you don't need a degree to um, to have a career. It's just a matter. I thought she's going to say because she has you. Yeah, 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 maybe, <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe. That's what maybe. I was expecting that answer. Maybe. I, I think that that brings us to a very good topic. That um, see, many people thought uh, that I came from a, a golden spoon background. In fact, just last weekend, I, I contributed a chapter to a book, and and I I opened my heart into that chapter. And just like when you, when you said, introduce yourself to, to the audience, I said, I'm an investor, board member, advisor, published author, award-winning speaker. But, you know, my background is very interesting. I was born in a house uh, made in the early 50s. The house is barely 50 square meters. Uh, we had three rooms. One for my uncle, one for my, my father, one for my grandfather. And this house is made of uh, stones and clay and, uh, you know, palm tree trunks. And it had full, so many cracks in the walls. And that was our house. And that was the beginning. So very small house, no luxury, nothing. And, and this is very important for people to know. Your beginning does not determine your end. You are responsible for your end. Maybe you are born poor, but that was given. That was something that you, you, you were handed. Yeah. But to, to stay poor all your life, that's, that's your problem. 
and, like and poverty is just a state of mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and today when we speak about the internet age, you can do anything. Yeah, you sure. can do businesses, you can do, you know, there are some people who are teaching English to Chinese and they are sitting at home making so much money. I, I am dealing with a freelancer, she's based in India and she's making hundreds of thousands of dollars just doing freelance work for people like me. So the opportunities are yeah, unlimited. Yeah. All you have to do is just act. What drives you, Muhammad? Leaving a legacy is what drives me. Whenever I start something, I, I want to see what can I do to my community. And, and when, you, when you touched upon my family, it was very important for me to show them that you don't have to be an employee. You don't have to go to work to make a living. And I took it upon myself to hand them that example. Even if I have to work endless hours and work on weekends, I don't mind. It's just that you want to give an example, not just for your family, for, for the community. And that's very important. We need, we need, we need walking examples. When I tell you, Hamad, uh, you need to be like Steve Jobs. Why? We have so many examples in Bahrain. We have so many examples. I don't want to mention a family name, but this guy started with uh, selling jars of pickles. Today, this gentleman has properties, has factories, had food, has food processing uh, units. He has so many things. He started with jars of pickles. But I think this is one of the things that I've, I've experienced firsthand. Um, we always tend to go to the career-based and we don't have the supporting families that always look into the idea of entrepreneurship or working with business because as, as you mentioned, like working into a business field might lead to unlimited potential that you draw the line where you want it to end. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you know, there are always misconce misconceptions about having your own business or being a freelance consultant or a speaker or what have you. For example, in my family, whenever there is a family matter and we need to go somewhere, passports or traffic or <laughs> any other matters, my mom would always say, give it to Muhammad. He doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> she said, give it to Muhammad, he doesn't work. Oh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I work more than your yeah. other uh, yes. children, you know? Yes. I, I, I have, I have endless working hours. <laughs> so oh. I'm more busy than your other children. But, you know, I'm having a laugh and, you know, we cannot, <laughs> say, we cannot say to no to mom. True. So this conceptions, the, the society, the conditioning, this all... Uh, is very important, but but I'm very happy. You know, now people are talking about startups. Uh, you have different talks, just like the talk we're having now, and we're putting it on social media to raise the awareness of people and what they can do. Two days ago, I was speaking to someone that reached the early retirement stage, and I know he's not happy in his job. Every day he has to drag himself out of bed, drive, and go to office, punch his card, and then receive all these emails and phone calls and 
never-ending meetings. I said, man, go for early retirement. He said, but my income will, will dip. I said, look, the easiest thing you can do is you can start a real estate agency. You don't need capital. You just need to have a license. Just work on your network. Announce that you're a real estate agent now. You're a broker. Ask support from your family, from your friends. And gradually, you'll be successful in this field. This field doesn't need capital. It needs you, your, your approach, your connections, being active, yeah. looking for opportunities. So many people think, when I start a business, I need to have capital. capital. It's not. Yeah. No, I was, I was, I stopped myself from a lot of stuff in my life thinking that I'm limited. I, like, I'm very resourceful, Muhammad. I'm very resourceful. Alhamdulillah, this is like one of the most blessings that God gave me. The problem is I limit myself because I was always looking into the only area that I was lacking, which is money. Yeah. And now, since I just got into the startup community, the ecosystems, and I, I start realizing Money is the last thing you want. Um, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you because this is a realization that comes to people very, very late in life. You don't have to have capital to, to start a business. Yeah, You don't have to have a capital. You know, it's just what you have over Good here. Idea. Yeah. And you know, people like me and you, people with no hair, you know, <laughs> we have so many ideas. Muhammad, <laughs> um, you, you said something very, very, that's been ringing in the back of my head. When you said you just submitted a chapter where yeah. you opened your heart. Yeah. Tell me about it. You know, people don't like to talk about their poor ba background and uh, where they have been and what happened in their lives. I'm very open. I'm very open. In fact, many years ago, I, I spoke in a conference about my first job. You know, my first job is in uh, the diplomatic area. It's in the United Gulf Bank Tower. I was working with one of the investment banks over there. I don't know which floor. I can't remember. This is very, very long time ago, more than two decades. And I worked as a janitor. I was a cleaner. And, you know, my job description involved vacuuming the carpets, collecting the mugs from the tables of the executives, washing them with, with the locks. And I had a sponge and I had to uh, clean the glass, make it shiny, just like my head. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about that job is I wasn't assigned to the toilets, you know. But even if I were assigned to the toilets and cleaning the toilet, there is no, nothing wrong with the cleaning no toilets, to it, yeah. you know, there's no shame. So just pick up yourself and do what you have to do. Finish. Don't think too much. Because I, ne I needed to support myself at that time through university. And that was one way of doing it. And why not? I'm very proud of, of that beginning. And in fact, I always had uh, this idea to write a book. In fact, I have the cover done for this book, how I went from sweeping to speaking. Yeah. So uh, life, life is like that. You know, you need to start somewhere and then there is no end. The end, you decide the end. As you said earlier, you decide where do you want to stop. To me, 
I, I don't want to stop. As long as I'm having health and I, I can be productive, I don't want, you know, people talk about retirement. I, 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 you know what's my retirement? When they put me to sleep for eternity, that's retirement. Oh, forget yeah, 65, oh, forget 70. If you have the health, if you have the mental capacity, just contribute, contribute, yeah. be productive. I have an uncle who passed away maybe 10 years ago. And I admire his work ethic. And in fact, very soon I'm, I'm looking for one picture of him. Uh, he was sitting in, in his office and picking up the phone and speaking on the phone. It's a nice picture. He served, uh, he served uh, in the Ministry of uh, Commerce for so many years. I don't know. There is a plaque in his house for 30 years or more. When he retired, uh, no, let me stop. He was working in, in the Ministry of uh, Commerce. Mm -hmm. In the afternoons, he would run an office by a member of the royal family until the evenings, 8, 8.30, 9, okay? And that was his life. So when he retired, he became a full-time office manager of that royal family member. And he only retired when he got so sick, two years before his departure. But he was always productive, and he was always, you know, elegant in the way he dressed, you know, the thobe and the ghitra. And it was amazing to see him keep going and going and going. Now you have people, just they just graduated from university, they worked for five years and said, oh man, this is... Uh, Cannot go any longer. No. And I'm, I'm sad to say that a lot of people, since you mentioned this, right now we have so many people lost, not understanding what passion is, what is fulfillment, what is their purpose. Even though that we live in an era right now where the possibilities are endless, right? I'll, t I'll tell you something that I was asked once in a conference. What's your biggest fear? They asked me. What's your biggest fear? And I thought, you know, my biggest fear is my children. They grow up in a, an environment of entitlement, an environment of where everything is available to them. Alhamdulillah, thank God, Alhamdulillah. you know, None of my children lived in an apartment, you know. All of them, they were born in this big house with a big garden, a swimming pool. And my worry is that they think this, this came so easy for their father. Yeah. And that's why there, there's an idea of another book <laughs> to my children with love. Awesome. Basically to, to tell them what I've been through so that they... To, for them to see this life, the standard of living they have today, how did it came about? So this is very, very important that we as, uh, whether as parents, whether as uncles or aunts, we need to implant these values into our children and nieces and nephews. Uh, we need to have work ethic implanted on them. And, and work ethic, unfortunately, is not something given. Okay, let, let me, I, I, I love to give uh, stories. We were having a very long drive towards Durra, 
and it was cloudy and I have very sensitive eyes to, to the sunlight. So the clouds moved away and it was sunlight. And I, was, uh, <laughs> I told my brother, Isa, Isa, can you give me my sunglasses? Just it's in the compartment, just give it to me. And it took him ages to pick up the glasses. And I was about to tell him, what's wrong with you? And then I noticed he was cleaning the glasses with his shirt. You know, this is work ethic. If I tell you, give me something, if it's not clean, you're supposed to clean it before you hand it to me. Because think about it. I'm sure he thought this way. If these glasses are dirty, he wouldn't be seen uh, properly. So let me clean them before I hand them the glass. And this is work ethic. You need to build it. You need to engage your children. You know, sometimes I, I trick them, you know. What, what does it take to change a light bulb? Nothing. But I make it a point, come help me. So they'll hand me the bulb. And I'll hand them the bulb that finished, that, that, that was ruined. So that they feel, and then I say, you help me, right? Yeah, yeah, I help you, dad, yeah. So we need to build that culture, little by little, so that at least when they face real life, because now they are living in a bubble. When that bubble is burst, it will be a big problem for them. Yeah, I love that one. Um, Islam teaches us lesson, you know, doing your best in every single given thing. And I think this is one of the things that um, I drive that value into everything I'm trying to do. Um, and I love that you kind of consider that into work ethics that you kind of embedded into your parenting, into your children. And I love the positive reinforcement that you did, that you kind of teach your children that they are part of every single thing that um that's going on you give them a part into something that you end up doing yeah yeah but at the end of the day that's programming yeah absolutely you, know, you Abs program absolutely. them so i know for a fact if any day this happens again they will re remember their dad going up the ladder changing it yeah. and it, it's yeah. going to be there yeah and uh, sometimes you play tricks as well you know when let's say now it's the winter season almost if, if we see winter this year i don't know <laughs> winter is so, coming so every year we we have we we grow vegetables in our house cherry tomatoes and other things and i go out with them and make them pick the cherry tomato nice. and and nice. the chili and the other things so you want to engage them again because they'll feel they can do something, yeah. even if they are young, yeah. but they are, they are able to do something. It's very important. It's very important. Do you actually share with them these stories, Muhammad? Like where you come from and the, the amount of work that you had to put into this? Yeah, and just so that um, I want this to be a message for parents who always think that because we didn't get it, we're trying to give everything to our children, but this is ruining the children nowadays. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Um, we talk, we talk, uh, but I don't go into too much details now, yeah. but you know, there, there, eventually there'll be a, a time where I sit with them and show them. And, and in fact, in January, I made a speech and uh, I, I took a, a picture of the remains of, of my grandfather's house just to keep it with me. So one day I can show it to them and I can say, this is where we lived. Now you're stepping on marble. Back in the days, you know what was our marble? It was seashells with sand. That was the marble. Okay, so 
it's very important. I think in our community, in our culture, we don't document things. Yeah. And we need to do, start doing that, documenting things so that we pass them to the younger generation beautiful. For, for them to, to understand what's happening, sure. what went on before. Um, two messages, Mohammed, if you don't mind, for our audience. One, we'll start off with the parents. Your message to the parents. Don't push them so much in the schools. Don't push them so much in the schools. You know, some parents, they kill their children. You need to get 100%. You need to get straight A's. But life is more than straight A's and 100% or 99.95. Life is more than school. You know, you need, you need to teach them something beyond the school. And there are many ways you can do that. You know, if you take them to martial arts classes, they'll, they'll be teaching them about the importance of discipline, patience, and other things. So pick, pick something up and give it to your children. Just don't focus on the schools. That was one message. The other message is spend time with them. They grow so much, so quickly. So much, so quickly, you know. All, you know, I have Donna, Abdullah, and Ali, and they just, they go like this, you know. And, and you know, these days you have Google photos, and it keeps giving you memories mm -hmm. from the past, and you say, oh my God, look at him. <laughs> yeah, and time passes so, so, uh, so quickly, and this, is, this was one of the reasons I left my job, yeah. to give them more time. And I don't know, maybe I can tell you this if we have a chance. I can strike two many few points with this story. I was attending a wedding, and I met a friend of mine. It was his cousin's uh, son wedding, and he surprised me with this. Hamid, two nights ago, I was speaking with my wife about you. We were discussing your case. I said, my <laughs> case? What case? He said, how you left your job? And I don't know what you're doing now. <laughs> okay, I said, what do you mean? He said, no, we were thinking, because his wife knows me as well. How did he leave this job? You know, people dream of this job. How did he leave? And we came to the conclusion that you didn't think properly about it. I say, okay, let me tell you this. I have been thinking about this for a long time. And he said, no, 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 you didn't think. So mm. Are you me or I am myself? I don't know. You know, this is me. I, you don't live in my head. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we had a long argument. And then I told him this. Okay, let me tell you something. But don't interrupt me. Okay. He said, yeah, sure. He said, look, let me give you my routine now. <laughs> let me give you my routine. Okay. <laughs> Every day I wake up and then I go and wake up my children. At that time, it was only Dana and Abdullah in school. So I, I would go and nudge them, uh, remove the blanket, and I was playing tennis between their rooms, you know, just, and, you know, <laughs> switching on the lights, and I was giving them a tough time, yeah, just, just for fun, sleeping and pushing them, and eventually they'll wake up, and they'll be grumpy, and they'll go wash and put in their, their, their school uniform, and, and I'll take them, I'll take their bags, put them in the car, go to the school, uh, 
make them wear the bags on their backs, kiss them, and then I take them inside the school and I leave. I go to my friend. We meet in a cafe. We have breakfast together. We chat about different things. And then we go to the city center. We will take six laps. And then he will go to one coffee shop. I'll go to one coffee shop and we'll just work. And I'll continue working until I go and pick them up from school. I go inside the school, inside the school. And I wait for them. I hug them. I, I, take, I, 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 took, I take my ba- their bags. I carry them. And then we go and how's your day? How's your day? And we chat till we get into the car. And if there is the ice cream truck, we, we buy ice cream. Or sometimes we go to the supermarket and then we go home. We have lunch together and then I'll stay there until three. And then I'll go to another coffee shop. I start working and with prayer time, I go home. I sit with them until lunch or until dinner, sorry. And then uh, we sit together until they, we put them back to sleep. And then I'll do some more work. And that's my routine. Can you do that? <laughs> I say, you know, you know. <laughs> You know, everything has advantage and disadvantage. <laughs> okay, since we reached this uh, conclusion, conclusion please so don't much. judge me. Don't say anything, okay? So this is one point that I wanted to drive. The other point. Just I need to say I'm really proud of you, man. <laughs> the other point, thank you. The other point, you know, sometimes you have a conversation with someone and then a few minutes later, oh, why, should, why didn't say that? So when I started my car, I thought, why didn't I think of that? I wanted to, I could have ended that argument or conversation or whatever you want to call it, debate, with, with a simple argument with him. I would ask him, why did we meet tonight? Say, this is my cousin's uh, son wedding. Say, okay, where are we now? Say, we are in his house. Okay, so we're not in a hotel. Uh, we're not in a hall, community hall. We're in, we're in the house. Why? So it's a big house. So, okay, it's a big house. Your cousin has a big house, right? Say, so, yeah. Said, so, is your cousin an employee or a businessman? <laughs> and then that would have made him yeah. just convinced because, you know, when you're an employee, you have a limited cap on your salary. But when you're a businessman, the sky is the limit. Yeah, it's tough. In months, you don't get anything. In, in other months, you get so much. But that's life. So that, this, is, uh, this is what you need to consider, you know. This is a cap on the salary or unlimited revenues. And, and I'll tell you something. It's not about the money. If you go around and ask mature people, it's not about the money. It's having the freedom of choice. Uh, knowing that you have options. Okay, if I want to take a holiday with my family, I can just book the tickets and leave. It's not about the money. It's, it's about the choices. I can put my kids in this school. I can send them to this country to study. It's a choice. When we don't have money, you don't have choice. So it's not, it's not about the money. It's not about how much you own in the bank. It's, it's what, what you can do with that. Yeah. And how much would you spend I'm, I love that you mentioned that, but we always keep on saying like, if you think you're good in what you're doing, keep on pursuing that. There are growth in that, but when it comes to being an entrepreneur, 
it comes with a lot of risks. Oh, yes. And there's a lot of sacrifices. Oh, yes. And it's not going to come easy. No. So you need to be patient, determined, consistency, disciplined to be able to live a life like this. I'll tell you, let's, let's have fun. <laughs> let's have more fun. You know, these days, you know, many people uh, start businesses, uh, startups, and they have business cards. They call themselves founder slash CEO. Uh, maybe we should tell the audience what founder slash CEO means. Because <laughs> I, was, I was speaking about this the other day. Uh, when you say, when you see founder slash CEO, it really means CEO, accountant, office boy, cleaner, uh, salesman, receptionist, <laughs> typist. It's everything. So don't be lured by the titles. Don't be lured by the titles. Because some people, they, they just start something to be a CEO. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you're already a CEO. You're the CEO of your yeah. future. Yeah. And that's enough. Just take care of that. Thank you. The final message for our young gentlemen. And eventually, we'll start from the younger generation up to whoever you want to address this. When it comes to dealing with their emotions, with their choices, with their background, with their events that um, they might say that um, limits them uh, or limits their resources. One is open up. Open up. Today you can speak to coaches, mentors. If you don't like to open up to people in Bahrain, you can open up to people in, in other countries. That's one. Two, work hard. Three, develop yourself all the time. And I think this is very ap appropriate to end this message with this, with this concept that I have been talking about for a long time, WIP. This is a very common term used in, by economists, by engineers, by accountants, working progress. I think we're all work in progress. And the moment we think that we are a finished product, we are finished. So we're always working in, pro in progress. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's all about yeah, the, the progress and how much you invest in it and not about perfection. Yeah. I yeah. thank you so much for that, Mohammed. My uh, pleasure. Where could people find you? I'm available at 3dspeaking.com. That's my uh, main website. You can find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. Uh, and 3dspeaking.com is the easiest way they can find me. Well, I thank you so much, Mohammed, for being here, being as transparent as possible, being as open as possible. And I want to thank you once man, again. Man, we have Bluetooth together, man. This is Bluetooth, man. This is Bluetooth. <laughs> That's why I'm open, man. <laughs> well, thanks. And thank you for bringing back the gentle and men. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and turn on the bell notification to get our latest work.